joy to the world, the Lord has come. This is Jerry G. Martin. We are celebrating the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, one of the most significant events in the history of the world. For God so loved the world that he sent his only son, that whoever would believe on him would not perish, but shall have everlasting life. He was born for our salvation. He was crucified for our salvation. He was raised up on the third day for our salvation. And now we are celebrating who he is and that he's not only come to the world, but he has come to our lives. Use the opportunity of this season to invite someone to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Listen to these messages today as we continue to walk in the light of God's word as we celebrate our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Isaiah spoke about this centuries early. He said in Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel, God is with us. He says it's going to be a miraculous thing. The Holy Spirit is going to come upon you and you're going to be with child. You know, I was thinking about that and just that whole process of the Holy Spirit coming upon her and she came with child. I was reminded of the time when the doctors say we couldn't have any children. I was in the worship service and I was just had my hands up praising God and I felt this sensation go over my body. And I said, man, what is that, Lord? He said, you are being healed. And I thought, you know, the Holy Spirit can come upon you to heal you. He can come upon you to bring forth his miracle child. But Joseph was a man like all men. He had a hard time believing that his fiance was going to have a baby without being with a man. These are not fairy tale characters. These are real people. She didn't say, hey, Joe, let me just tell you that um, I'm pregnant, but I ain't been with nobody. And he said, okay. It didn't work like that. He considered divorcing her. Why did he consider divorcing her? Because this ain't right. I can't trust her. Who she been with? It's not me. Is she going to tell me that and expect me to believe? What kind of man does she think I am? Now, she expect me to believe that. Would you expect him to believe it? Y'all know the story. I mean, yeah, he should believe it. No, she didn't know the story. And he didn't know the story. Now, when the story gets out, she's at risk of being stoned according to the law. That's adultery against your husband. You could be stoned. You could be embarrassed. But God had the plan, and he had it all worked out. Look at Matthew chapter 1, verse 20. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sin. I just want you to take this side note about how God works. When God's working in a marriage, in a family, he works in harmony. Notice he's doing something in Mary's life. He knows that it's going to cause a problem with Joseph. 
And the only way he can get this over to Joseph, he got to show up himself and talk to him. So God comes to Joseph and tells Joseph exactly what is going on and what he needs to be. Now Joseph says, she didn't tell me. This angel came. He talked to me and he told me. He told me the same thing she, she told me. God confirming what's happening. And in our lives and in our marriages, when one person want to think that God is telling me to go this way, the spouse is not in agreement with it, you know what I tell them? Wait till the spouse agree. Because if God is doing it, he knows it's going to take both of you. If the spouse isn't agreeing, it's not time yet. Y'all just take that as a side note. God works in harmony when God is doing it. You might get an anointing and think you need to uh, quit your job and, and then just go on the road as a full-time evangelist and your spouse ain't feeling it, stay home. When God is ready for you to go, he'll tell your spouse, it's time for you to go. You won't have to tell him. God will talk to him. I just want you to know that so y'all don't do something foolish. You want to divorce your spouse because they ain't hearing from God and you are. That ain't God. Let me say it one more time. That ain't God. I've seen people want to do that. I don't know what's wrong with him. God has anointed me. He's given me this vision. I saw it in a vision. And they just aren't feeling God. I don't know. They used to get here, but they can't hear. Well, no, you ain't ready yet. God will do just like he came to Gabriel. And he'll tell him exactly what happened. You know what? He came to Joseph, rather. And Joseph didn't have a problem after that. Joseph not only understood that, the Bible said that even when they got married, he didn't even touch her. Until after that child was born. Now you knew that was God. We're not told what the indicators were that caused God to choose the moment. But God had decided that the time had come. There was something that moved him to the moment to select that virgin girl and impregnate her by the Holy Spirit and start the process in his own mind of salvation. For the world. That's what it was about. It wasn't about just having a, a baby in a manger and, and the Magi coming to visit and having all the pageantry and all of that kind of a thing. God had a plan, and that plan was to save the world. And you see what he said. She will give birth to a son, and you are to name him Jesus, because he will save his people from what? From their sins. The angels went to announce the arrival. Luke chapter 2, verse 8 and there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior. Somebody say Savior. A Savior has been born to you. That's his purpose. He's going to be the Savior. He is Christ the Lord. Now, I want you to notice this announcement was not given to royalty or to politicians or to preachers. It was given to the shepherds. The shepherds were signifying common, ordinary people to let the world know that whoever believes on him can receive the news and the gift. And what is that gift? That gift is freedom from guilt and eternal life. That's what Jesus came to bring us. When Jesus started his earthly ministry, he began with this first message in, chapter, in Luke chapter 4. He said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach good news or the gospel to the poor. He sent me to proclaim freedom 
for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind to release the oppressed and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. He says, I know why I'm here. I'm here to set the captives free, to release those, to save those that are lost, to save those that are lost. Luke 10, Luke 19, 10 say, for the son of man came to seek and to save those who are lost. Now, one of our problems we have in the culture today is that few people think they're lost. Few people think they're lost. Anything worse than being lost is being lost and not knowing it. Because when somebody is lost, they look for a way to find their way back to safety. But when someone is lost and don't know it, they won't look for a way out. God authorized this gift of Jesus Christ. The angels announced the gift of Jesus Christ, and Jesus authenticated that gift. We're told that Jesus Christ is a Savior who came to save people from their sin. He's in the people business. Jesus gave up his place in heaven to come to earth to save people from an eternal punishment from our sins so that those of us who are on earth can go to heaven. He came from heaven to earth so that those of us on earth can go to heaven. In the book of John, he said, I go to prepare a place for you. Don't let your heart be troubled. I'm going to prepare a place for you that where I am, you may be also. In other words, he says, I'm going back home. And he said, if it wasn't so, if it wasn't like that, I wouldn't have told you. I know what I'm talking about. I've been there. I know what I'm talking about. I'm going to prepare a place for you. If it wasn't so, I wouldn't have told you. What does it mean to be saved? We have to go back to the beginning. We can talk about salvation and saved. What does it mean to be saved? Somebody asked me that one time in an orientation. They said, well, let me just ask a question, Pastor. So what does it mean to be saved? And I thought, you know, I have to always start back from the basic. What does it mean to be saved? We use the word salvation. Just think about it. What does it mean to be saved? In order to be saved, there has to be something from which you need to be saved. There's a burning car with people in it. Somebody went and saved them. Saved them what? Out of the car. Before the car caught on fire and he was driving down the street really nice and secure, he didn't need to be saved from that. Uh, He was drowning, so they jumped in and saved them. To be saved means to be rescued from danger or destruction. So when Jesus says he came to save, he says, I know that if they're not saved, they're headed to destruction. They don't know it. They may not be able to see it, but I know it because I know what's going to happen and I know what's in stores. I am going so I can save them. And we call that salvation. It denotes deliverance. It's used in the New Testament as a material of temporal deliverance from danger and apprehension. I'm saving you. There is one who wants to destroy you. Jesus said this, the thief comes but to kill, to steal, and to destroy. But I have come that you may have life. I didn't come to kill. I come that you may have life. Salvation is the spiritual and eternal deliverance granted immediately by God to those who accept his condition of repentance and faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. You accept him, he will immediately give you redemption, that is salvation. 
John put it this way in John chapter 3, verse 16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but shall have eternal life. In other words, those who don't believe in him will not have eternal life, although our spirits will remain eternally. There are some will have eternal life and some will have eternal death and damnation. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Jesus said this to his disciples in Matthew 16, if anyone would come to me, he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for me will find it. What good will it be for a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits or loses his soul? This is Jerry G. Martin, and I certainly hope that you have enjoyed this message for the season. The Bible tells us that Jesus came to bring peace, to bring salvation, and bring his joy into our lives, into our heart. We sing joy to the world. This year has been a tumultuous year. Many of us do not have the joy of the Lord in us today. We may not have the peace of God in our hearts right now because of all the things that have been going on around us. But I want you to know that the Lord Jesus Christ is still seeking to save those who are lost. He's still bringing his joy and he's still bringing his peace to every one of us who will turn our hearts toward him and invite him into our lives and allow him to be the Lord of our lives. He was born so that we can be born again and have a new life in Christ Jesus. I invite you to be our guest at The Light of the World. We are meeting in person on Sundays. For more information or if you have a prayer request, call us at 281-964-1393. That's 281-964-1393. I also invite you to join us online each Sunday at 10 a.m., at lowcf.org. Again, that's lowcf.org. And then don't forget about the Beacon Bookstore right here on our campus. Call us if you need church supplies, communion supplies, offering envelopes, Bibles or books, or study material. 281-441-2885. Again, that's 281-441-2885. Now for the light of the world, may the Lord our God richly bless you, and we'll be with you again next time.